John Cheese is a lifer. He's one of those uber music fans that sort of fell into the road life and then never fell out of it. After an on-again, off-again stint in television production in New York City, he was asked by a friend of his at Doghouse Records if he wanted to be their label rep out on the 2002 Warp Tour. She's accepted, and he's never gone back. The quote he made at the time, Fuck work, I don't ever want to work again. Now, okay, sure, there is that career philosophy out there that if you love what you do, your job doesn't seem like actual work. But for Cheese, that's exactly what has happened. He's rejected the formalities of life, you know, that structure, the expectations that you're supposed to do this, and then that, and then you do these things, and then you grow old, and you drop dead, and you're forgotten. But over the past eight years, he's got to see the world and work with a wide range of artists, from My Chemical Romance to Big T at the Kids Table, Megan Dia to Limbeck, all of whom, it appears, he did more out of love than about the money. Quote, touring had nothing to do with getting paid for me, he once wrote. It had to do with traveling and hanging out and not working a nine to five office job. Again, how can you experience life when you're sitting in your apartment, right? To John Cheese, life is broken down to one simple formula. I'm a dude that lives in a van, and when I'm not in a van, I'm lost, he's explained, sounding not too far off from the infamous Chris Farley character. These days, you can find Cheese, if you hadn't already, still out on Warp Tour every summer, walking around the crowds, selling the official Warp Tour compilation for five bucks, and thanks to that stint, his ability to self-promote, he's become a bit of a mini-celebrity, within all the road community out there, including the plugging of his own line of t-shirts and stickers. On his autobiographical website, johncheese.com, that's J-O-N, he writes, who knows what will come next? I've stopped worrying about the future. Everything always works out. We only have one life to live, and I decided to make the most of it. So if you ever wondered how to become part of this whole road life, here is just one example of how to do so. This is Mike Schick. Looking through the I did not know this about you, but Uh-oh. you worked at Fox News. Wow, I did. Uh, at uh, and you worked for. It seemed like you you were there for about three years, three and a half maybe ninety six to ninety nine, ninety eight, uh-huh. and 96 then ninety six to ninety nine, ninety nine, and then you went away for a little bit and you came back. Wow, you did some research and try, and then. <laughs> uh, but while you were there, you worked on the show Fox and Friends, and you did uh, uh, the teleprompter stuff and kind of stage managing and things like that. I did. And uh, so, uh, what's uh, tell me? Um, you know, they say about great actors is that the great actors you can always tell who's really a good actor at the Academy Awards or Golden Globes because, like they say about Harrison Ford, he's probably a really bad actor because he comes out there and he can't improvise. Uh, he can't do anything. He just basically, if that teleprompter is not rolling, yep. he's lost. Yeah. So uh, is that is that pretty much the same thing when it comes to... Newscasters yeah. or whatever? Are there 100%. Ones that, really? 100%. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'll name names. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not you're not. You're not there for a paycheck anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was this. No uh, stock either. They never gave you stock. No, no oh, nothing. Okay. All right, I, I, I got no ties to Fox News anymore. <laughs> um, 
there was a person, an anchor, she's still there now, named Lauren Green, mm. who was so bad at, at improvising. And if it wasn't on the teleprompter, she had no, like, there were, there'd be, you know, a time or two where. Whatever, Ron Burgundy, just, huh? Yeah, totally. Had no, <laughs> no clue. It was, it was pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny. Because I'm, you know, I'm behind the wall or I'm behind wherever feeding the teleprompter. And, uh, and it just, if it wasn't there for whatever reason, she was just, she was just, uh, uh, um, looking at her papers and, and looking up and just totally <laughs> lost. It's great. You imagine it's like great. going out on a date with that, you know? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, what I, do you talk about? No clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could come with a prepared script. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, if you can't, you know, it's just, just wing it. Just, you know, like be able to, to improvise and talk. And, and she just, she was, there was a couple of them. Fox News was, uh. It's an interesting, interesting place. Well, you got that job initially because you you grew up in White. You were born in White Plains. Yes. And then, well, it's just a hospital. I mean, I'm born and raised in Yonkers. New Yonkers, York. that's right. Yeah, yeah, you were there till about middle school ish, yep. and then you went down to Jersey. Mm-hmm. Where in Jersey? Uh, Rockaway, New Jersey. Rockaway, it's like central, uh, like north central Jersey. Sure, it's right on the train route, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're if you're get on Route 80 and you're between New York and Pennsylvania, it's smack dab in the middle. Okay, so you were there, and your dad was. Uh, you got a job working for your dad after a pizza joint thing, uh, where you uh, were installing computer monitors and television monitors and yeah. things like that. My, my, my dad worked at uh, uh, ABC for years and years and years, and, and it's a whole television kind of family, and he uh, he knew people or whatever and, and got me hooked up with this. He was like, hey, all right, you know. Because I, I went to one semester of college, and I was like, I'm not going to college. What were you going to college for? Uh, I took one semester uh, at Westchester Community College, and I took acting, bowling, and golf. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was there, like, there is a correlation between those three. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Because my mom was like, you have to go to college after high school. I was like, all right. She's like, I don't care what you take. You have to go. I don't care where it is. I right. don't care where you go. Right. It's like, all right. Get married by 24. Sure. Right. She, you right. know. At that time, they had a whole plan plan for me, but uh, so so she was like, "You have to go to college." I just went to a community college, took three courses: acting, bowling, and golf. And I was like, "I'm not going to college. This is just not for me," you know. Life, rock and roll is where so I'm at. so you so your dad got you this job helping him out. And yeah, you, yeah. When they were building the Fox News studios, exactly. I was. Uh, he was like, uh, I got you this thing, go, you know, install for, the, it was like six months or something like that, just a temporary job, installing, um, you know, all the, all the, the computers in the, in the newsroom and all the, and the, all the, the monitors in the control room and like just installing, you know, hands-on installing the Fox News channel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did that for about six months and then when, when they were about to open, they were like, well, we're, we're going to need crew, we're going to need crew, we're going to need engineers or whatever and i had no clue but they were like you guys can be teleprompters there's six of us that that you know were helping out and uh and they're like we need teleprompters so you guys interested in doing that and we were all like sure so it turned into like a full-time job and i was there for three years and then you know three thirty in the morning though uh, it was oh man it was it was a mess yeah i <laughs> i had to get up at three thirty in the morning because i had to be at work at five o'clock a.m I worked from 5 a.m. till uh, about 1 or 2 p.m. every day. And uh, it's just, it was, it was early. It was early. <laughs> and I didn't, 
Yeah, it was kind of when you see like the, the 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 night creatures going home, and then the people that kind of trudge through totally. life every well, I mean, day. I was getting ni- up. I was nineteen at the time, so I was still partying. I was still <laughs> hanging out. I mean, I was like a straight edge kid or whatever, okay. so I didn't. Right. I wasn't drinking or whatever, but I was still partying. I was still throwing water balloons off roofs and going crazy. Because <laughs> you were part of the you were you you've described yourself as being a hardcore kid. Yeah, was, totally. That was your scene. Yeah, totally. So like, what were you listening to? And <sighs> well, I mean, I grew up in Jersey. Well, I I mean, I'm from Yonkers, but it's it's tough because I'm. I'm from Yonkers, but I'm also from Jersey. Right, your heart's in one place, your soul's in another. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's a weird it's a weird scenario. Because if I went to high school in Yonkers, my parents moved me. Well, they didn't move me, but they they moved to New Jersey, but kept the house in in Yonkers. Because if I if I would have gone to high school in Yonkers, I went to like the same high school as like DMX and like <laughs> you know whatever. It was like not the best schooling system. So they they. They, we, my dad was working in Jer- in Jersey at like an ABC. Uh, um, it was a, a place like if if a camera breaks or if a microphone breaks or something, they send it to this field shop, and then it, the field shop is in Jersey. So he was working in Jersey at the time, and um, it was easy for me to go to school there. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I so I went to high school in Jersey, and uh, started going to shows at about like ninety three. Maybe and uh, listening to you know you see Lifetime every weekend awesome. and, and mouthpiece and floor punch and you know I remember on my 19th birthday I saw Refused and Snapcase wow. and uh, you know all those you know all those bands I mean H2O and Sick of It All and Ensign and Endeavor and I mean I don't know how that was far your crowd down, that was your scene yeah I don't know how far down the rabbit hole you want to go but like yeah. I'll, I'll name bands all night you know because what were the clubs that you used to hang out at what were the <clears throat> do you remember? I remember New Brunswick we went to the Down Under okay and that was that was earlier um, that was we went there a couple times and then it closed down and then everybody went to um, uh, the Melody Bar but we went to 67 Handy Street and uh, I mean a lot of VFW halls you know uh, Mansville Elks Lodge we went to the Princeton Arts Council mm-hmm. um all over Jersey, um, uh, went to a place called Scarlett O'Hara's in, in in Pennsylvania, and then all the places in New York we used to go to. Um, oh boy, uh, we went to um, gee whiz. Uh, but you were you were Coney you... Island High. Okay, and, all right, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you were you were <clears throat> growing. You were you were. Basically, in high school, middle school, high school, high school, at, yeah. yeah, high school. At that point. I graduated in '95. Was there? I mean, looking back on it now that you're older, is there any part of that time period for you where you think maybe what you are now, what you do now for a career, was maybe foreshadowed at all? Like, even just like, did you used to sit there and watch the crew <laughs> behind the board? No. Well, Nothing? it was different then. You know, I mean, I. Uh, were you one of those guys who went around and befriended kid. everybody in the band and all that? Yeah, sure. Well, sure, a little bit. I mean, I, I was part of the Mars County Youth Crew. You know, we were <laughs> okay, right, you know. right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, we. Uh, it was different. It was like it was more. What I'm w- touring and bands and stuff. What I'm involved with now. Mm-hmm. It completely came from that, but it was just it's it was it's such a separate world. I mean being a hardcore kid and listening to music back then I was just I was a kid going to shows and there was a community and we was a revolution and we were going to change the world through <laughs> zines and straight edge and <laughs> right. you know I don't right. I don't even I'm, I think that exists now but I, I'm not a part of that at all anymore okay. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, I mean I love it I, I 
I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be who I am now if it wasn't for going to, you know, stage dive in a, a lifetime show at, you know, whatever or or but uh but it was just it's just two different worlds for me. I think you know, and there was no there was no there probably was like the indus- music industry right. back then. Right. Going to shows, I had no clue. I was just All a right. kid going to shows. Got you it. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah. So when you were so when you were working at at Fox, yeah, oh, that was yeah, because I was going to shows. I I go to a show on Saturday on Sunday, you know, Sunday matinee or whatever. Uh, uh, I go to shows and then have to wake up or not even go to sleep. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was just go through the whole night. And, Did just, you ever mess up completely while you were? Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> <laughs> totally. I there's there's I have videotape of because I I have a bunch of videotapes from you know VHS style <laughs> Woo, you know yeah cred okay <laughs> <laughs> where uh where they're like oh because they used to it was a I don't the Fox and Friends show at that time was a little bit um it wasn't so serious and it wasn't you know it was right. joking it was really poorly they really were trying produced. to go like doing a Good Morning America exactly, kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. exactly a lot or, more culture pop culture friendly and uh, so you know I was. I was on the show a bunch. Um, I actually got fan letters that sent really? sent in. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff. And uh, somebody sent me uh, macadamia nuts from Hawaii and like all this <laughs> stuff that I remember. But um, but I would definitely like fall asleep and like it's not that I was being unprofessional. It was like a, a, kind of like a skit or whatever. Where I, I mean, I would literally I'd fall asleep while I was working, which is horrible. But it's what happened. And uh, and they were like, oh. They called me Gen X John. That was my nickname. And uh, <laughs> okay, there's <clears throat> your book. There's your book title or yeah. or, or a name title. One of the name names. I've had so many different weird nicknames throughout my life. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they they would be like, "Oh, John's falling asleep again at that tel- teleprompter." And uh, and there was a thing. And then like they, I would come on a bunch. And I, uh, what what did I do? I I danced on on camera. Oh, this is the the biggest one. They dyed my hair red, white, and blue on. Uh, on right around um july 4th i think it was 96 or 97 or something like that um but i you know i have the tape where they they dyed my hair red they the day before they called people they people would call in and uh and say i think we should i think we should dye john's hair this color this like that was the topic of the day what color should we dye john crazy genix john's hair and then the next day they they brought some people in and and dyed my hair on national television. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's. And then interviewed me about having my hair dyed, and I was like, "What?" Because you know, I had I had bleached hair at the time, and it was a little bit longer, and uh, and then I cut it off, so I was, like just regular. You know, my my hair is like light brown or whatever, and uh, so I cut my hair off, and they were like, "Oh, are you gonna dye your hair again?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. You know, because it was a professional place or whatever, and I was this crazy kid." <laughs> I was like 19, 20 years old working with all these, these you know, people who this was their career. But for me, it was just like. When things were innocent in the country. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the reason why I keep kind of go back to Fox a little bit is like, were there things that you kind of learned? Anytime you start getting close to the camera, whether in front of it or behind it, <laughs> yeah. you start learning some principles about the entertainment industry. Because regardless of that, it's a news network. CNN's the same way. It's entertainment, yeah, to a great chunk. Yeah, um, were there kind of rules that you kind of learned right off the bat about the entertainment industry? Maybe about rules of behavior or rules, uh, um, 
like the facade of it or the reality. You hear that about LA a lot. Like people that don't like LA, they're like, it's just one big set. That's all it is. And everybody's acting. Yeah. Everybody's acting. Everybody yeah. drives a Beamer, but they're broke. You know, so did you learn anything like that? I, I understand what you're asking. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I got too deep about no. that time period. <laughs> no, it's cool. Maybe you um, didn't really. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really pick up on stuff like that. Mm. Um, like the people you would think are the biggest jerks are usually the nicest people. That kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean there was definitely some of that. You know, people who. Uh, what's it? Bill O'Reilly. Like mm-hmm. I worked on his show a couple times. Really. Yeah, he is truly a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. Truly okay. a jerk. Okay. I uh, I filled in as the teleprompter a couple and stage manager a couple times um, when his normal stage manager and teleprompter weren't there. And uh, the minute he walks in, he looks at me and he's like, "Who are you?" I was like, um, "John." What What do you mean? I'm Gen like, X John, man. Yeah, <laughs> come on, you don't know me, John Cheese, man. I'm just kidding. Um, and he was like, how long have you worked here? And I was like, what? And he was just like such a jerk. So there's people, you know, right? who are, but have I picked up on any, Nah, you know, I just, I, I, you know, PMA, I, positive mental attitude. I Got it. I, uh, I try to stay positive with, with uh, all that stuff. So, you know, I get, a, uh, <laughs> we get a lot of emails from um, uh, listeners and readers and stuff that want to get into the industry doing the kind of stuff you're doing. Yeah. And, but they always kind of, they, it's, it's almost like they're always like, well, um, I'm going to graduate high school and then I'm going to do that. And for you, it seemed like you were, you had to go through a lot of soul searching time period because you went away, like you went up to a, 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 a retreat or a survival camp in Maine for yeah. a while. You got out of outward it. Outward bound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, outward bound. And I actually think there's some rules that you probably learned out of that. Yeah, I definitely, I'll never truly be cold again in my life because, you know, being in Maine in January, uh, like northern Maine, it teaches you to, um, you know, what true cold is, like, you know, hypothermia and crazy stuff like that. Like, um, So for the listeners, you, this was a survival camp, wasn't it's it? An, it's like an kind outdoor, it's, it, it, the organization is called Outward Bound, and uh, this was in, I left... I left Fox News. I I wrote an awesome, uh, um, uh, what's it called when you leave? Uh, Termination letter. Re- resignation letter. Resignation letter. Really? Exactly. Weekend end style. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I wrote an awesome resignation letter, and it was like, um, it was like, I don't want to grow up. I'm not because I. Was, this was my Fox News. It was like. I don't, I don't know. I almost cursed. I don't know if you can. Can you curse here? No, sure. I don't know. <laughs> this isn't, there's, there's, this, I don't know. I don't know. It's a works. podcast on iTunes. Anything okay. goes. Sure. Except you know, <laughs> Sports Illustrated swimsuit ca- calendars, obviously. Um, well, I was like, man, I'm. Uh, I don't want to work for the next thirty years of my life or whatever. Like, I'm not prepared to do that. And like, and so I wrote this letter, and it was like, I'm. I'm 22 years old. 21, 22 years old. I'm not ready to be a responsible adult. I still want to be. I still want to climb trees and jump on trampoline. And this is like Fox News Channel. This is like you know professional whatever. And uh, your MySpace occupation reads tour manager, professional kid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pro kid. Um, I just <laughs> so I wrote this thing and I was like, I don't, I don't want to work for the next thirty years of my life and then just be in the system and you know be it whatever. And so I, I, I found this thing outward bound and it was awesome. Uh. I don't know if it was life changing, but you know, it was yeah. it was incredible. Um, 
excuse me, uh, went snowshoeing and ice climbing and uh, 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 dog sledding and all the stuff in Maine for like a month and a half. It was two parts. First part was in in Maine. Second part was in Key West, Florida. We lived on a sailing boat, like a thirty foot sailing boat. Um, you know, went to different islands and met like hermits and went snorkeling and it was incredible absolutely incredible and it wasn't life-changing i don't know what that means you know what does Mm -hmm. that mean but it was it was uh it was definitely a huge huge part of my life or whatever Mm -hmm. thing that i did um so is there anything anything from that time period that you've been able to utilize on the road mm, yes yeah, uh, I. Besides, not you can sleep in any van. I can, regardless I, how cold it is. Yeah, I can sleep anywhere. Uh, that that's sure. Like I can sleep anywhere. I, I prefer floors to sleeping in beds. But I feel really definitely. Like I mean, a back issue or some or no, I no? Mean, it's a punk issue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. I I really blew my cred points on that one. It's cool. I should have known better. I've done so many, but this isn't from Outward Bound. This is just from touring. Like, right, I. So many kids' houses and floors and and whatever that I, I just it's I don't know man. It stems from band dudes and everybody being like, "Hey, you know, when there's one bed or, or a bed to share or whatever, and people being like, oh, I really want to get the bed.' I'm like, take it, dude. Like it's all good. I don't care at all." You know, and and I just sleep on the floor. But anyway, that's does a tour manager automatically is that is that like a uh uh uh. Uh, you know, a, a point of being gracious where you're like you auto the tour manager automatically gives up the nicer thing to the band member. I th- I think it should be that way. Really? I mean, I don't okay. I don't know, I don't know officially or whatever. But you know, like band dudes, because you work for them. Yeah, yeah. I. What do you work? Well, yeah, work for the manager, but you still no. Work for them. Well, it's a whole. It's a whole. I. I. Uh... <laughs> I just work for band. I I try. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I, <laughs> I work for bands that that are you know that are cool. Got um, it. I gotta watch my tongue and see what I say here. Um, but <laughs> if, <we> uh, can, <laughs> yeah. if, if it's really got to be edited, we can edit it. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, uh, I don't even know where we're going. We're sleeping on floors. The band <laughs> Well, basically you. That that okay. So you were kind of you, you did the survival thing, then you came back, and then you went over to Europe for a while. Here's yeah with Brian Sheffield, right? Wow, yeah, Brian Sheffield from Doghouse he's, Records, right? He he worked for Doghouse for a while. I mean, he's that's awesome because he's he's a he's a photographer now. He's a mm-hmm. pretty well known, yeah. I think photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he we went to high school together, and he was my best friend since I was 13 years old, and that's awesome. It's so incredible that that uh, that. You know, we were two kids from Jersey going to shows together, and you know, he had a bunch of zines, which I'm sure he doesn't want me to talk about. But <laughs> um, <laughs> booty call and and, and uh, line drawing and whatever. Anyway, um, uh, we were just two kids in in high school in Jersey, hardcore kids, and uh, and um, now we're both. I, I see him every day. I talk to him every day, or mm-hmm. you know, every other day, whatever. Um, and he's like, both of us are, are uh, in this music industry one way or another, and it's it's awesome. Uh, he's my best friend in the whole world. I, I love well, the you, kid you, to death. You said that. Um, you said uh, there's a quote that you had. Touring uh, 
had nothing to do with getting paid for me. It had to do with, and still to an extent, has to do with traveling and hanging out and not working a nine-to-five office job. Sure. So with that kind of... Wow, you did so much research. <laughs> That's so, incredible. So, so, if you, so you came back from Europe, and then Brian was working at Doghouse at the time, right? Yeah, he worked, he worked at the Boston uh, okay. with, with – there was a, like a conglomerate of labels that worked at Bridge Nine, Big Wheel, mm-hmm. Recreation. Um, uh, Doghouse was there, uh, and it was all in this uh, – uh, what was it called? In, in the thing from Office Space. Uh, oh, yeah, man, I'm really good at not remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's since it's about one o'clock in the afternoon, which is about oh nine yeah, a.m. And I, I, yeah. I had I put some uh, put some shots down me last night also. So that, <laughs> <laughs> this water was. It'll come back to you in about thirty minutes, <laughs> yeah. so it's okay. Um. Anyway, uh, there's all these uh labels that that work together right in Kenmore Square, and um and he started there working for Doghouse, um. And then moved to the whole off doghouse moved to LA and uh was there for a while and I was just hanging out. Him and Matt Rubin, who's also a photographer and awesome, awesome dude. Um worked doghouse. It was just the two of them. Dirk Dirk, who owns Doghouse, was in Toledo, but right. he was he was kind of focusing more on lumberjack distribution at the time. Right, right. It was like he he worked it, Dirk was like huge doghouse and then like kind, didn't give doghouse, but like let Sheffield and Ruben kind of like run it for the right. most part for a while. I mean, he was still the still owned it, still right. the main dude, but he kind of was focusing on lumberjack for a while, and then while but now he focuses on docket anyway. But uh, so <laughs> so uh, 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 Doc has moved to L.A. and uh, Sheffield. <laughs> what? What you mean? Sheffield called you up and he didn't. He, he called me. Warp tour, right? Warp tour. There we go. All right, I was uh, I was tying it all in. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Doing. I'm trying to get you. No, thank you, thank you. I need a. a, a, <laughs> a I, I, I'm I'm just selling merch on this tour, but uh, Aaron Francis, who's our Franny, is our our tour manager, and he's like, dude, you need a life coach, man. <laughs> it's true. Like, come on. Um, it's so funny because being a tour manager slash merch guy slash whatever, you know. In control and on top of my game, and and when I need to be, totally on it. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> but in real life, it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> right? Why am I on the corner of Fourth and Mississippi? I have no idea. <laughs> right, I got it. Um, but uh, um, he, so warp tour. He called me. Thank you. He called me and was like, uh, he was like, um, I was okay. I was working for the Yes Network. That's right, because you were doing Fox News. You went back to Fox after 9-11. You were working, which had to been a completely different world, by the way. I'll give the, whole, I'll give the whole thing real quick. High school in Jersey, hardcore kid, working at the Fox News channel. Right. Um, uh, after Fox News, I went to Outward Bound, uh, learned a bunch of stuff, left there. Then I went to uh, Boston, just hanging out with Sheffield. And, right. and Day 19, which is my friends Claire and Jeremy Weiss there, huge photographer people in LA now, but I went to high school with them as well. And they were living in Boston and, um, we're just all living in this like punk kind of house in Boston, uh, our apartment building. And, uh, and it was in Boston for three years from 90, uh, no, uh, yeah. 99 to 2001. Right. Yeah. 99, 2001, just hanging out, hanging out, hanging out. And then, um, and then Sheffield and I biked across Europe, which was incredible in 2001. Uh, and um, 
and then came back from Europe, had no clue. Like people kind of left Boston and kind of wasn't sure where to go or what to do. And I was like, man, I don't know. I was like, all right, I guess I have to go back to work and like be that real adult that whatever. So I went back to Fox News Channel. They hired me back. Um, and I was working at the Fox News Channel and the Yes Network, which is the Yankee Entertainment Sports Network. Working on both of these jobs, um, just freelance, but I was working five, six days a week, like crazy, 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 uh, towards the end of 2001 uh, into 2002. And, uh, and then Sheffield, and that's where we are, Sheffield called me and was like, hey, um, we need, Doghouse needs um, a label rep on on the Warp Tour. And I was like, Warp Tour, what? I have a job, dude. I, I'm like, I'm in it. I'm in it, you know? I got a car. I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm professional, whatever. <laughs> Totally pro dude or whatever. And and I was like, I can't do it. And he was like, well, think about it. It'd be awesome. You'd be so perfect for it. And I was like, all right, well, I'll think about it. And thought about it. And I asked them, I was like, hey, can I take, I asked, uh, actually, I was only at the Yes Network. I left Fox again. I was just at the Yes Network. I was like, can I take a leave of absence and, you know, go on the store? And they're like, you can do this. I, I can't believe they let me do it. But they're like, you can do this but you can't have any time off for like the next two years or something like that. Right, I was right. like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. And and I did the Warp Tour in 2002. It was my first tour. Um, and went back to work after Warp Tour and was like, fuck work, man. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to work ever again. Uh, I was there for like another month. You know, after Warp Tour, I came back for like a month. And I was like, I, I just, I don't, I can't, I can't have a boss. I can't which is going to screw me later in life but <laughs> it's like I can't have a boss I can't I can't really like work a 9 to 5 you know right and touring just kind of snowballed it just no it's snowball it's not something I pursued it's not something it's just what happened so we take two music breaks. Uh, I do want to pick it up with Warped Tour after this but okay. uh, we take two music breaks. So give me the two bands and the two songs a song oh, by each man. band from your high school period when you were going to shows okay. that were like your anthems. So probably from the hardcore scene. Anything off of Jersey's Best Dance is probably Danierism. Uh, it's awesome. And I would I would also, I was a huge Reiner Maria fan. Mm. Huge. I mean, still, I mean, they were one of my favorite bands. Uh, so probably uh, Tinfoil. Okay. Or, or a pie, I mean, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> you know, maybe a Pie Vault song or a Saves the Day song or a. Uh, H2O. So, uh, All right, we'll be back in an hour. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll just keep going.
So, uh, Warp Tour. So you came back and you're like, forget all that. I've changed. So what changed about it? Was it just because, I mean, you've kind of, from reading up on you and reading some interviews and stuff like that, and some of your own testimonials, you're kind of like, it was just <laughs> fun. It was like you'd done the 3.30 in the morning thing for way too long, and you're just yeah. like, dude, this is heaven. I just, yeah, because, I, I mean, I mean, I, uh, I I don't want to work. I don't want to. I just want to bang on a drum all day, you know. And that's that's it. I uh, I mean, it's work. Touring is work. It's hard work. You know, warp tour is ridiculously hard work. I work from seven in the morning. You know, from the time I wake up seven in the morning till about ten ten thirty at night, nonstop on warp tour. Like it's hard work, but it's not work. You know, and touring it's the same thing. I mean. You know, listen to rock and roll all all night and and drink free beers and it's it's as professional as you need to be. I'm not a normal tour dude. I don't think. I mean, I am. I'm 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 a total road dog. Like I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and as professional as you need to be, it's still not. I don't see it as it's not real work to me. It's so ridiculous that this is that we're so lucky. You know. Do you ever kind of feel, I've been kind of wondering about this, like, considering, how, like, what is it, almost like 20% of the population's underemployed or unemployed. Um, do you ever kind of feel guilty right now? Just so lucky. Yeah. Uh, guilty that, like, oh, man, you know, everybody's so nervous about the economy and this and that. And I don't know, man. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I try my best not to, to worry about that stuff. Right. So far, so good. Right. Um. You know, deep down, maybe <laughs> in however many years, whether it be five years, ten years, twenty years, <laughs> when when uh, I have to quote unquote grow up, we'll see what happens then. But uh, I think it's probably part of your DNA. You're never gonna grow. Yeah, up. I don't think I'm ever You're gonna, gonna open up a toy store. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I'm 32 and still still going strong. You know. So so <laughs> let's go back to that li- that that life learning question now, where <laughs> that first tour with uh. The, you know, coming back off Warp Tour, was okay, yeah. there? Did you kind of learn any couple things out, off of that? There was just like some rules of the road. Uh, well, Warp Tour is different from any other tour. True. Yeah. It's, it's it's you know I always say there's three different parts. There's three different parts of my life. There's touring, there's not touring, and there's Warp Tour. <laughs> uh, honestly, like that's that's what I say. Like. Because touring is touring, you know, venue tours or venue tours. When you're not on the road, it's just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, I'll be home for three days, and I'll be like, I have to go back. I have to go back home, which is the road. You know, that's what I say. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know how to be home. I just have to be on the road all the time. Do you actually have a home? I do. I just got an apartment in Harrison, New York in November, uh, which I'm real stoked on. Because some lifers don't even have a house. I did that for many years uh, where I would just, like, you know, couch surf or whatever. Store it all. Not yeah. pay rent and didn't have anything. Just a phone bill, nothing else. Wow. I, I did that for, I would say, 2004 to 2007, where I just didn't live anywhere. Or, you know, I'd have an apartment for a little bit, and and then when the lease was up or whatever, I would just give it up. I was like, this is so stupid. Why am I paying rent? Right. For a long time, I did that and just not live anywhere. But, uh, you know, have stuff at my parents' house and have stuff right. <laughs> wherever. Yeah, everything's but, uh, a storage of the parents, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Excuse me. Um yeah. but uh 
Um, but I, I have a place now in Harrison, New York. It's awesome. I live above a bar, which is loud, very loud. So it is like being home. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like when when the realtor, whoever showed me the place, they were like, it's above a bar. And I was like, that's perfect. It's like being <laughs> backstage at a venue. <laughs> you know? It's like it's loud all the time. It's awesome and i mean it's it's I never a thought about bar. it's like the, it's like the you know the some band members they can't sleep unless they hear the wheels running on the bus yeah, exactly it's it's the same it's the same kind of like mentality or principle it's or your white noise it's yeah it's like there's always <laughs> stuff songs. going on <laughs> yeah lizard uh, cover songs from downstairs yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 um they have karaoke nights sometimes and whatever <laughs> um but anyway uh uh I don't know where were we? No, uh, so so oh, so warp tour. So, yeah, yeah. So I came back from warp tour. Did I learn anything? I don't know. I, I learned that I didn't want to work. I learned. That's... I got to stop saying I didn't want to work. I it. I, and the, you, you know didn't want to I mean? do corporate world. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a suit. I'll never wear a suit unless it's a friend's wedding or something like that. Um, it's like the guys in the used. They purposely got neck tattoos a couple yeah. so they could never get a real job. <laughs> when they've got when they when the band started, that's what they did. And yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> I, you, I, you may want to think about that. I don't know if I can do a neck tattoo. I don't know if it's. In, I mean, I've got tons of tattoos, but it's not. I don't know if I'll ever do a hand or neck tattoo. Barcode on the okay. back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's all right. No, I don't have anything that you know. Kill. Yeah, punk that's that's on my exactly, arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, okay, so you then you you got hooked up with Piebald. Yeah, I well, I was living in Boston. I knew those guys, um, and I knew Rama Mayo, uh, oh, who okay. is. Uh, guy that owned big wheel uh and uh and he was in the same offices as doghouse and just knew him you know i just boston seen the whole like the explosion in the damn personals and and uh all all those kind of bands um piebald and, and knew those guys and so so i kind of contacted them and uh and I was like, hey, bring me on tour. You need a merch guy or a tour manager or whatever. Ryan McGaffigan, who's their forever, like, long-term, long-time uh, tour manager. Uh, I was their merch guy. Um, and they brought me out. And the first tour I did was with Elliot and Ted Leo. <sighs> Who's on that first tour? Elliot, Ted Leo, Piebald, maybe Minus the Bear. Mm. I don't really remember. Um, I bet Scott Heisler knows this lineup. <laughs> yeah, of course. He probably was at the show. I'm sure he yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but that was only a week, and then after that, they were they were like, "We'll take you on this week, week just East Coast, and if it works out, then we'll bring you on this like month long tour that we're doing, headlining tour where Mike Chem was opening up." Got it. And uh, it was My Chemical Romance. There was a band called Choke that was on the tour. Hmm. Um, who else? I don't remember, uh, but but it was definitely Pieball and My Chemical Romance were like that was the band. Ted Leo, I, I I get confused. I don't remember. So was that like was that first tour like kind of like when uh, I had no clue when the student <laughs> like goes away to college and gets out of the parents' ha- arms mm-hmm. for the first time and just party the first year away. Yeah. So was that tour kind of like totally? I wasn't. I didn't party so much, um, but I was so green. I was so green. I didn't have a sleeping bag. Um, I still to this day like I don't need a sleeping bag on tour anymore, but I still every tour I do I'll always bring a sleeping bag just in case, you know, just in case you need one. Um I didn't have a sleeping bag with me and like I, I had one pair of jeans that had a hole in in the crotch and like it just opened up and I didn't <laughs> I was like such a mess. I was like such a sloppy kid and I had no clue. I didn't know anything about Excel. I didn't, you know, 
spreadsheets. What I have no no clue. Just no clue. Just a kid on tour. Um, and you know, I did I don't know three or four tours or something like two or three tours, something like that. And I slowly like was like, wait a minute, like this is like a thing. People actually do this for a living or whatever. And uh, were there any mentors? Were there any people like kind of took underneath their wings? And there's this time? guy named Smith, but this is later on. Okay. But there's this guy named Smith. He's he tour managed everybody under the sun. Um, but uh, and every time every time I would see that dude, I would just run run into him. This is probably a couple years into it, but I would see that dude and be like, man, that's the dude that I want to be. Because he was just this punk dude who was tour managing like Jimmy World, and he did like Alkaline Trio, I think, and I don't even know who else he's done. Um, but he was he was he was pretty badass and mm. uh and i was like man i mean I don't, I don't even know if the guy knows who i am but mm. he, wow. he was a cool guy mm. uh i don't know his real name but you said it, you know said usually you only hear about um you know oh i was you know they're so great at what they're doing and they're so perfect and so forth so on and you wrote something on your form spring that i thought was rather humbling Uh-oh. and you talked about um yeah, my cam. Yeah. yeah, and and because when you brought up Ted Leo, reminded me about that story yeah. where you were in a van. I and thought you, that might come up. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> like, well, no, I I got to give you a lot of credit for even talking about it because it shows, you know, the, the, you you only learn from mistakes. Yeah, you know, and sometimes, you know, when you you just gotta there's politics. Yeah, and relationships. There are. And, yeah, it's crazy. And that's a huge thing. Uh, I, my chem dudes are rad dudes. I haven't talked to them in years, but they're rad right. dudes. I was, uh, and I still, I, I mean, should I, you want me to tell that story? Yeah, no, no, no. You were in a van. You were going to Chicago, right? Uh, yeah, it was sold that show. It was, it was my chem were opening up for. It was the Midtown Reggie and the Full Effect. Since Census Fail, we're on part of it, and Monine were on part of it. Hmm. Um, and my chem. I was selling merch for my camp. They opened up for Piebald and became very friendly with the dudes. I remember playing Fireside Bowl in Chicago on that tour and uh, on the Piebald My Chem tour. And, and it was just great dudes and got along with them really, really, really well. And they had this guy, Sean Simon, who was selling merch. But he he's like a hairdresser in, in New Jersey now or something like that. But he didn't want to tour. So um, they had a tour manager, this mm-hmm. guy, Eddie. And uh, and they were like, they called me and they were like, hey, we need a, a merch guy. Sean's not doing the tour. Do you want to do it? And this is like, you know, early, early, early. Mike Kemp, 2003. And uh, and I was like, hell yeah, totally. Rad dudes. I'd love to go on tour. And I did like three tours with Pieball. And I was like, all right, like this is great. So <clears throat> they brought me out. I did, uh, it was, the first tour I did with Mike Kemp was um, uh, Give Up the Ghost Every Time I Die. Um this other band and my chemical romance which was a crazy tour it was like all these hardcore bands and then my chem um and then the next tour was the the reggie and the full effect tour and about halfway through that tour i was just because i grew up as a hardcore kid right uh and listening to stuff and having all these ideals and whatever change and, the world right yeah you know like we're gonna change everything through zines and, and music and whatever and and that's that was still my mentality, kind of, and uh, and I don't know exactly where they came from, you know, as far as as far as that stuff goes, but I I felt like at the time, uh, it, I 
we were on two separate pages. You know, I you was, and the band. Yeah, I, okay. It was kind of looking back. I was whatever. It was a culture clash in a way. Yeah, was, I mean, they was, were and it was kind of a generational. Even though you were the same generation, it was still kind of a generational. Because you were reading a Punk Planet book, yeah. the interviews book, which I recommend everybody to read. By awesome, the way. we are the interviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Punk Planet, awesome. Uh, um, <clears throat> I was reading this book, and uh, it's an interview with Ted Leo. Like everybody's in the van doing their own thing, listening to the headphones, or you know, if you've ever toured in a van, or if you ever, you know, you know what it's like when driving from one city to the next. And you're, you're doing your own thing. You're reading a book, or sleeping, or listening to your headphones. Your CDs at that time. There was something called compact discs that people used to listen to. Um, but anyway, so people were doing their own thing, and I was reading this book. We were the interviews, Punk Planet, and I was reading the Ted Leo interview, and uh, it's just he was talking about. I'd like to read it again. It's been a couple of years, but uh, he was talking about how there's no sincerity in bands, and and people, kids become band. You know, kids join become bands for all the wrong reasons, and and to. To just to gain success and gain fame and and you know all this stuff and I was like, dude, I was getting pumped up reading this book, driving to Chicago, and I'm like, dude, this guy's on point. Ted Leo, man, he's on point. He knows what he's talking about. And then I'm just like, Ted Leo's right, guys. And they're like, what? And really like takes off their headphones and kind of like wakes up a little bit. And I'm like, Ted Leo is on point. He knows what he's talking about. Like, there's no sincerity in music. Why are you guys even a band? Like and I just went off for like really? this like ten minute rant and they were just like you know, jaw drop, like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was just going crazy. Cause you were calling them out specifically for their... I, I did, yeah. I mean, you know, 'cause there was they had their <laughs> they had the first record that was they sang about like bats and vampires and stuff, and I was like, You guys sing about bats and vampires and like what, you guys aren't sincere at all. Like, what? Why are you even a band? Like, you're not gonna. You're not. You're just a band to gain success. And you're. And I was just reiterating all the things that he was saying. Mm. And and I just went off. And then Gerard was like, Ray was driving, and he was like, Ray, let's pull off to the next stop and pull over. And oh, and, shit. and I was like, oh man, like. And Gerard was like, hey, let's let's go talk. And I was like, all right, man, what's up? Like. What's up? And he's like, you have to go home. And I was like, you're seriously going to send me home? Like, obviously they were. Like, looking back, obviously. Great idea. Smart idea. You can't have somebody talking shit on your band while you're with them. Totally makes sense. But I was like, you're seriously going to send me home for this? Like, like, whatever, dude. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and uh, and he was like, yeah, uh, you're going home tonight. And I didn't tell merch that night. Got to the venue. And... Uh, and I didn't set up. They set up, or their tour manager did, or who, whatever. And uh, and he was on stage. I remember this. Sold that show, Chicago House of Blues. <clears throat> and he was on stage, looking up at the balcony. And I was in the balcony, like kind of. I don't know if there's like a VIP or a second sure. off area or whatever. And I was sitting there by myself while they were playing. He was like looking at me, talking to the crowd, but looking at me and being like, "Don't let anybody question your sincerity. If you believe in what you're doing, do it full, you know, with all whatever." And he was just like. Talking to me, but saying it to the crowd. This is pretty cool. Um, and that's my Mike Hem story. It's, it's, uh, great dudes. Like, I haven't seen him in a long time. Sure, but then sure. after, you know, I saw him on Warp Tour after that. And I, I would see him here and there and, and, you know, hugs all around. And before the last thing Frank said before I left that tour, he was like, dude, maybe I'll get over this, but I'll never forget what, you know, the shit you talked to my band or whatever. Rightfully so. 
Sure. There really doesn't need to be that group thing, though, in a band, especially when you're developing and you're kind of getting that hot thing going on. Yeah. You know, the buzz thing. You got to stay focused and, and the detractors or the people that question it kind of, even though you probably should be keeping an open ear to some of this, it does make it difficult to kind of balance out between allowing criticism in and versus got to stay posy, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so what did you do after that? Like, because you've you've worked with uh, so many people over the past years, and you've been seems like alternating back and forth between tour managing and and merch. merch. Yeah, yeah. Is there uh, one that you prefer over the other? Well, I learned to tour manage on that tour because okay. their tour manager <laughs> wasn't really. I remember we played the Che Cafe in San Diego, and I and he couldn't. He was sleeping in on one of the benches on the floor or whatever. Excuse me. Uh, was sleeping, and I was like. We were trying to find the venue. We couldn't find it, and he wasn't doing anything. And I was like, looking at looking at the map. We actually had there was something called Maps at that time, and <laughs> and you actually looked. Uh, it was a, it was kind of like a magazine, kind of like a book, and you would read the map to find out where you were going. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, um, I was like looking at the map, and being like, "This is where we need to go." And I was like, "Wait a minute! I can tour manage. I can do this." You know take care of the money, make sure the band gets there on time, whatever, deal with the press. Like, I can do this. I can do this way better than this guy can. Sorry, Eddie, if you're ever listening to this. <laughs> um, and that's where I learned to tour manage. And then the next band I worked with, you know, they fired me. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I got to keep – this is like a year and a half, two years in, something like that, three years in. No, two years in. And, um, and I called this band Apollo Sunshine, friends of mine from Boston. Okay. Rad, rad, rad band. Um, still a band. I don't do much anymore, but uh, I tour managed them for a couple of tours. We did a tour with Hot Hot Heat. We did a tour with uh, 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 Lake Trout. You know, weird like indie rock, whatever. Um, but awesome. Uh, and they're such rad, amazing musicians. Uh, so I tour managed them for a couple tours, and then um, and then. It's funny because Hello Goodbye just brought this up yesterday. Because um, you're you're doing merch for them right now, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. merch for Hello Goodbye right now okay. on this newfound tour. Um, but uh, they were like, if you didn't meet Limbeck, you wouldn't be where you were are now. And Limbeck are my band. Like I'm. That's your house I'm, band. Every, everybody on the road has a house band. Yeah, they're they're yeah. you know uh, I was a groomsman in and Pat oh, Carey's wow. wedding. Like he's the guitar player and like you know. They're my band, best friends, greatest dudes ever. So after Apollo Sunshine, um, however great they were, they didn't really respect and and uh, know what I was doing every day as a tour manager, which is fine. Bands don't need to know. I know a lot now that I didn't earlier on, but sure. uh, um, you know they didn't. They didn't. They were just like it's supposed to happen, and it is supposed to happen. But I I didn't know that. I was like, you guys don't even know everything that I do, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff or whatever. <laughs> and so so I stopped working with them and uh I wrote an email uh in ninety or ninety in ninety three, man. I <laughs> two thousand three. Uh I wrote an email towards the end to uh Pat Carey, who's the guitar player for Limbeck, and because Brian Sheffield was like, Hey, you need um you need to work with this band Limbeck. They they need a tour manager and they're awesome and I listened to the record High Everything's Great, which if you're listening to this, go buy High Everything's Great from Limbeck. It's they're a band's band, and what I mean by that is they never really got very far, but mm, right. all bands love them, you know. Right, yeah. Um, the road is littered with those bands. Yeah, yeah. And they're just 
anyway, so so he's like, hey, listen to this record. I don't know if it was before it came out or like right as it came out or whatever. And he's like, listen to this record. And I was like, awesome. These guys are so good. It's like they need somebody to be with them. They don't have anybody. And I was like, all right. So I wrote him an email. First tour was with Rocky Bottolato and The Pale. And um, yeah, and that was January of 2004. I, I wrote, wrote Pat an email. And I was like, hey, I know you need a tour manager. You need uh, somebody to be with you guys. And he was like, dude, I, I, I know your buds with Sheffield, and I would love to take you out. You sound awesome. I would love to take you out, but we can't afford to bring somebody out. And I was like, well, you know, let's let's figure it out. I was, I was like, well, let's figure it out. And I did, like, I don't know, two or three free tours, just per diems. Wow. Or whatever. Yeah, wow. I mean, I've, I've done a ton of those tours. Um I was just just working for per diems, so that everybody knows what's an average per diem. Well, for Limbeck, it was five bucks, even to the end. You know, the last tour, they just do five dollars a day because their mentality is, um, no matter what, you're gonna blow through your per diem and dip into your savings or you dip into your own money. So if you make it little, a per diem is less. It's gonna save the band money and and. You're not gonna, you know, you're 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 gonna try to. They were very thrifty. They weren't cheap. They were thrifty. It was right. awesome, um, and I learned so much from them. Um, but uh, so five dollars. I was five dollars a day. You know, punk band. <laughs> they're totally sleeping on kids' floors and sleeping in the van and camping and. What is the going rate? Like, what used to be the going rate? Ten dollars is normal. for being. Well, no, I was just thinking for like being a tour manager. Like, let's say, like, before the economy crashed, what was it going right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's different for everybody. Sure, but, that's, you know, obviously, size of band. and Yeah, I mean, and exactly. I, and I'm not trying to pigeonhole your rate, but yeah. I'm just wondering, like, so uh, that people can understand. Like, like, 500 a week. Right, 500 a week. And then for tour, for being merch? Oh, oh. And then... For it, being merch, you know... I mean, that's on the cheaper side of it. I think, you know... It's tough to say. Three fifty, four hundred dollars a week for a merch guy. You know, I would think on that size. Got for, it. For like a Limbeck size band. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which, and they never, they, they never really, you know. Right. Who's Limbeck? You know. Mm. But anyway, uh, so and I was doing it for five dollars a day. That's that's where we're going. Right. And uh, but you know that they turned around eventually, and they were like, all right, and. At the end, we were just splitting everything by f- by five. You know, the four band dudes and myself. Like, we would come off tour, and we're like, "All right, we have to pay our manager, and we have to pay our our agent, and like, we have to pay for our merch. This is what's left divided by five. It was just a fifth band member. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and and it worked out. It was fine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but while I was working for Limbeck, you know, I worked for them for five years from, and still, if they tour, although they're playing a show. In Arizona, and I'm still going to be on this show, on this tour, and I'm so bummed I'm missing it. Uh, they're playing full band. They haven't done that in a long time in Arizona on March 20th, March 20th or 19th or something. Um, Psycho Steve is putting on the show. He's a great dude. <laughs> <laughs> Little shout out to Psycho Steve. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, uh, so while I'm working for Limbeck for for like those five years, there's times where they don't tour. They're making a record or whatever. Sure. You know, and I work on Warp Tour. No matter what, I work on Warp Tour. That's that's my bread and butter, and that's. I thought you only did like three years on there. Th- on Warp Tour? Yeah. No. Or you, or this really? Is, okay. This is going to be my ninth year working on the Warp Tour. Whoa. Yeah, I've every year since two thousand two, two thousand two, two thousand two, and two thousand three. Not and obviously not the same bands every time. And so I've never worked for a band. Uh, oh, all right. So you're working for Kevin Lyman. 
Well, 2002 and 2003, I worked for Doghouse for Dirk. Okay. okay. Dirk, awesome. Uh, and then 2004, 2004 the, I was living in L.A. at the time. We're kind of hanging out there mostly when I wasn't on tour. And uh, <clears throat> Dirk was like, dude, we're not, we're not doing Warped Tour this year. I was like, oh, man, it's so much fun. I got a fun thing. And then uh, <laughs> what was their name? Um, somebody worked on Warped Tour, like in the production. In the, Lisa? No. Bradley? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, not Lisa Brownlee. Um, Carrie Lee. No, she she did it early on. Uh, oh. I, I'm not gonna remember her name, which is horrible. But she, I saw her at a, um, uh, I saw her on the street in L.A. Um, at a, uh, what are those things called when you're, you're, um, farmers market. Got, got it. it. Got it. Yeah, the I farmers market there. Yeah. Reeled it in. I got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw her at a farmer's market in LA. I've come to the conclusion that being on the road is kind of similar to doing meth. Your my, brain just starts going. My memory, <laughs> my hearing, gone. Gone. Um, and I was at a farmer's market, and this girl who used to work on Warp Tour in the production office uh, was like, hey, are you doing Warp Tour? And I was like, oh, I want to, but, you know, Doc House isn't doing it. And, they're like, and she was like, I know the guys at Side One Dummy Records need somebody. And I was like, Side One what? I don't even know what that is, but okay. Yeah, put in a good word for me or whatever. She did. They called me like the next day, and she and I went in for an interview with Joe Sib and Bill Armstrong, and they were like, all right, man. And, and they were like, we sell the Warp Tour compilation CD. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to make you guys so much money. <laughs> because, you know, I was, I'm was i a natural hustler, I guess. Um, and... For doghouse, they were selling comps and little things, and I was I was going out into the crowd and like going out into the kids, not just staying in my booth. I was going out into the kids and and being like trying to hustle the Get Up Kids CD and and Chamberlain and and w- whatever else was on doghouse at the time, like husking husking B and uh, Faves and you know River City High and all these like whatever bands, Feeble Wiener. Um, I was hustling those CDs and selling them, and I was like. And then I went into side one and they were like, we sell the official Warped Tour compilation CD. I was like, I'm going to – I told them for the first time I ever met them. I was like, I will triple your sales. The Whatever the most you ever sold was, I'm going to at least triple it. Were you kind of faking it? No. 100%. 100%. Like I knew – like I was like, holy cow. Like because you can – Warped Tour is what you make it. If you sit in your – working on Warped Tour. If you sit in your booth and – don't do anything because it's tough. If you just right. sit there and you, you know, see that a lot, yeah. you walk around, I mean, you see them. About yeah. halfway through the tour, you start seeing it kick in. Uh, Jonah Bayer, Leslie Simon did yeah. a great job on Warped Tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. For the years that he did it, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but uh, um, and uh, anyway, uh, uh, so you, it's whatever you make it. Like if you sit in your booth, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to sell anything. But if you if you hustle to the kids, there's a million kids at Warped Tour. Not really, but there's you know so many kids. And just hustle a little bit, and and so selling the official Warped Tour compilation CD, it's gonna be so easy. So I started out, I made a sign, and then I I would move out, and then I and then I made my sign that people kind of know about the sign, and uh, in the first year, you know, I came back and I was showing them the numbers or whatever, and they were like, uh, yes, <laughs> come back, and now it's like year year. So that's seven what you do. You're out there every year selling the official every year Warped Tour. on Warped Tour. I sell the Warped Tour compilation CD for Side One, and those dudes are the Best label ever. I love Side One. Everybody that's official, official, uh, official, uh, official, 
No. Everybody officiated. That officiated. Thank yes. you. <laughs> um, and every year I bring out a different person to to help me. Um, and the first couple first couple of years I did it, they would be like, "Okay, this is who you're gonna work with this year." And I was like, "All right." But and now they're they don't even ask me. They're like, "Who are you?" They're like, "Who are you bringing out?" You know. <laughs> and actually, it's funny because I uh, Limbeck had a fan, this awesome dude, Johnny B, who worked at who uh, who was a bartender in Ohio. And every time we would go through, he would he would just totally take care of us. Every time Limbeck would travel through Ohio, he would totally take care of us. Raddest dude ever. And I needed somebody for Warped Tour, and I was like, well, who am I going to get this year? And this was in 2007. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I was like, who am I going to get? Or 2008, 2007, something like that. I don't remember. I was like, who am I going to get? And I was like, I might call Johnny. He's a hardworking bartender. He's like a you know stronger guy, like – I might call him and see if he wants to do it. I called him up, did the warp tour with me, and he's been working at Side One for like the last two or three years or something like that. So is there you know, I get asked that a lot, how do I get in the industry? So is a lot of it the old adage You know all, somebody. Right. Totally. Um people that <laughs> when people because you, you said earlier people email you, how do you get into the industry? Right. This and that. I get the same thing, you know, from time to time, pretty often, you know. How do you how do you do what you do or whatever? Oh, I'm going to school for music industry. Right. I was like, well, that's your first mistake. Don't go to school. Really? <laughs> Look at me. Don't go to college. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, just work at a local level. What do you got to know to be a survivor on the road? What math, accounting? Oh, what do you? As far as that goes, yeah. common sense. Common sense. You know. <laughs> right. You know, like. Do you have yeah. to know how to defend yourself in a fight? Sure. You know, you need street smarts and you need common sense. That's what you need. I, th- I guess I can thank my dad for that one. But that's, mm. I mean, all your numbers, it's very official. It's, and if you ask somebody, this is what I think, you know, somebody else might, might say something different. Um, but, you know, you need, you need to know Excel. That's huge. Whether you're tour managing or doing merch. Um, I'm I'm speaking I'm speaking how I think. Sure, no, no, no. Please, I don't know. I please. don't know what the don't worry about it. Don't worry about anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't so know. So, what's your philosophy then? That's that's yeah, it. You, you gotta you know, and you gotta be you gotta be smart. You know, not scholastically smart. That doesn't get you anywhere. But if you want to get, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to become like a, if you want to become a doctor or some shit like that, sure. You know, if you're gonna become a lawyer, great. Go to school. If you're gonna become a road dog, you don't need to go to college to learn how to do that. You need to. Be on tour, and that's touring. That's not the that's not like record labels or, or right. being a booking agent or or you know any of that stuff or managers. You know, I tried. I, I managed for a while also. Really, I managed Megan Dia. Well, I'll go back to my my where I was going. Um, so I didn't know that. Who yeah, managed Megan Dia. I, I managed Megan Dia from their inception to until the time I gave them I gave them to Mike Kaminsky who manages three oh three. Right. Well, we were roommates. And Jeffree Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an eclectic crowd yeah. there now. Yeah. Um uh so I was working for Limbeck. Um and then when Limbeck wasn't on tour and at, when I wasn't on warp tour I would work with other bands. You know, I would at this point like this is like two thousand four, two thousand five. I guess it kinda happened pretty quick from two thousand two to two thousand four or five. real quick. Um uh, I worked with the Honorary Title, who were another doghouse band, who were right. awesome dudes. Jared solo stuff is amazing. Um, uh, Jared uh, Honorary Title. I worked with um, 
Who else? You did Big D. Well, that was that was I shared a bus with them on Warp Tour because they were on side one. Okay. They're on they're on side one, and uh, I shared a bus with them, became friends friends with them, and then you know it's just like hey, come out. Caven. Caven, I throw that in there. I never really worked for Caven. I mean, I did. The embellisher, huh? I, yeah, I I did. Work I went for to Kaven. a party and <laughs> I sold he the puked on once. me. So <laughs> me and Stephen Brodsky, bros for life. Um, it was a piebald Caven damn personals tour, and they didn't have a merch guy, so I was double. Du- I was doing double duty. So it's. A, I mean, I never toured with them. Sure, but I was selling merch for both piebald and Caven. So on my resume, Caven's on there. Streetlight Manifesto. Great dude, still work with them. Okay. Um, Steel Train. Steel Train is another thing where I've toured with them so many times with <laughs> Limbeck. But the only time right. I ever really toured with them, I uh, it was like a two week tour, not even. It was like a week and a half up the East Coast, uh, and by a week and a half, I think it was four shows. <laughs> but I put them on there because they're they're like I I've done. There's been so many like format, Motion City, Limbeck. Ruben's Accomplice Steel Train Tours or right. variations of that tour. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many. And Limbeck Steel Train, I think we've toured together probably eight or nine times. Like, wow. Just those two bands, like, so many times. And then Limbeck kind of, you, you, what was that documentary? Uh, Dig? Yeah. It was kind of like, uh, what are the two bands? Brian Jones, Home Massacre? Yeah. And uh, uh, whatever the, the other yeah, one. Yeah. It was like those two bands where one of the bands kind of, went away Limbeck yeah. kind of went away and Steel Train I mean they're not huge but they're, they're still great band live great amazing band live. Yeah, amazing yeah. dudes amazing band um, definitely one of those ones you go get a beer and you hang out by the back of the bar and watch yeah it's definitely a great band like yeah. that um, I was going to ask this anyway but now that I know that you actually manage Macadilla it's probably good to ask this question now. Uh-huh. Um, and I asked Dakota Cole this when we did the conversation with him what are the some of the things that you think or what's the number one thing that you think that Managers don't understand about the road Uh-oh. and what you're going through on the road. Because, you know, they're sitting back. Well, you answered the question in saying that. Uh, <laughs> you said, what don't, I thought you were going to say, what don't they get? And right. I, my, my, as you're saying it, yeah. my thought is the road. But then you said, on the, what don't they get on the road? All right, about the road. So you're just saying they don't understand the road, period. Yeah, I mean. So what don't they understand? Like, because I'm sure you were able to bring that to your work with Macadia because you understood the other half. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what you thought. Yeah, like I, I was like, I can, I can totally manage this band. They opened up for Limbeck. Macadia opened up okay. for Limbeck, and uh, it was a, uh, this awesome place called the Electric, Electric, uh, it's in St. George, Utah, um, whatever it's called. I'm so bummed I can't remember. Electric Theater, Electric Factory. That's I really should do interviews with tour managers in the middle of the night. I think you'll remember everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The day after drinking, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, I put, I put a, I put a pretty good one on last night. What, what, what? I woke up in, I woke up in the same bed as Franny, and he was like, "Dude, you're in my bed, and the floor's wet. What happened?" <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. It's like, go to your own bed. I was like, all right, sorry, bro. <laughs> Slight hangover. That really, you know, happened. it really, yeah, yeah that without really the happened. baby, right. Where's my, uh, yeah, I got my Excedrin somewhere. <laughs> Can we stop at a CVS before I go to this interview, please? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Go ahead. Pop it out, man. Go for it. No, I already took one. That's one of the things you need on the road, right? It's yeah, aspirin. definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. they opened up for They opened up for Limbeck. They were like the local band in, in Utah. They weren't even called Megan Dia. They were called Coward's Courage. It was, this, just Meg, it was just Meg and Dia at the time. 
and like other people in the band. And I was like, oh my God, this band is incredible. Like they're incredible. Like their voices, all this, like they're insane. They can easily be like a touring national band or whatever, easily. And I was like, I, it was kind of the same thing where, you know, when I was at Fox, it was like, Fox News Channel is like you're a, a, a teleprompter and then you have to keep raising up and then you become a, a stage manager and then you become, you know, and then it became a, a videotape playback operator, just moving up that ladder or whatever. Woo-hoo, and then yeah. at the <laughs> at the time, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, all right, I'm a merch guy. All right, I'm a tour manager. All right, I'm going to become a manager. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm not a manager. I'm not going to be a manager. I'm what do you, what are, like, what did you not have, do you think? Or what were you? Uh, you got to bullshit a lot. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to sing and dance and 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 say shit that you, you know, you gotta, you gotta bullshit. You gotta pretend to like things when you don't. And I don't have that in me. Got um, it. But anyway, no, and that's important to know that. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a. Manager. There's a lot of people, I'm sure, the listeners that are like, you know, they got a friend. Yeah. You know, they oh, could, a friendager. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a friendager. There's momager. <laughs> there's all that stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of Disney are... artists have momagers and dadagers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so so they got done, you know, with their show, and I approached them, and I was like, "Hey, um, let me be your manager." You know, I I don't I've never managed a man, but I know that you guys can succeed or whatever, and I know that you guys have what it takes, or, or not what have what it takes, but like musically, right? You can, you guys are awesome. Uh, and then I was like, "All right, let's." And then so I managed them for like three years or something like that. I changed, you know, I was like, Coward's Courage? Nah, let's let's go with Megan Dia, you know? And uh, so we did that, and they were like, all right, you know, I mean, you guys are, I mean, it's, it's the two of you. And then so Megan Dia, and um, and I got them signed to Doghouse. There was a bidding war between, you know, Doghouse and, and Militia Group, and Fiddler was interested, and all these, band, all these labels mm-hmm. were interested. <clears throat> you know, got a publishing deal, got them a record deal you know did the whole thing and then and then uh it was things just kind of took off for you know i mean they're not they're not huge but they they do all right sure and um and and i was also ma- uh, tour managing limbeck while managing megan dia and it was just too much for me and i was living with mike kaminsky at the time mike's girlfriend and uh and um i was like dude you got and he was a manager he was like a full-on manager and he was like, I was like, you gotta, you know, what do I gotta do? You gotta help me out with this band, because like you're you're a manager, manager. I'm just mm-hmm. a tour dog. And and he's like, yeah, you know, you gotta do this and that, and whatever. And um, so we started co-managing them for about a year, something like that, eight months, whatever it was. And then I just kind of faded into not doing anything. And then I, I was, and then I approached him. I was like, look, Kaminsky's your manager now. I'm, I can't, I'm not doing anything. Right. I'm not doing anything, and he's way. I I told him from day one. I was like, I want what's best for you, even if what's best is not me. Hmm. That's what I. I it takes a lot of guts. Lot I mean, of, that's what it was. Like I, 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 I still like. I have, you know, they're they're not a punk band by any means. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. But they're, they have. I love I love those girls, and they they mean the world to me. I mean, still to this day, like they're. You know, we had a little bit of a falling out after I left because I was all I was kind of jaded. I was like, "You don't even know what I did for you." Like I did all this stuff, and there was a little bit of tension. But now it's fine, thank God. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I totally... relationship endings are always hard. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're amazing. They're awesome. They're girls, and and you know, and Nick, who's the mm-hmm. drummer, uh, 
Carlo and Jonathan kind of came into the band as I was leaving. Okay. Uh, I know those dudes, but anyway, um, that's Megan Dia. So and I managed them, and then and then after that, I, I worked for this uh, for a while because there's been a couple times where it's like, all right, I gotta I gotta do something else in the music industry. I'm getting older or whatever, and uh, and so I worked for this uh, booking agent for a while, Ten in One Talent, who hmm. uh, booked the Forecast and uh, the AKAs and you know oh, wow. a bunch of bands that it's mostly a DJ uh, booking agency. All kind, I don't even know what DJ. Who, I don't know any, anything about that world. <laughs> <laughs> but she also had a couple smaller bands that. You know, touring, yeah. hardworking, me, with me, uh, you, me, and everyone we know, and <coughs> this band from like Norway or something called Undumskolen, who are <laughs> awesome, but nobody knows who they are. Um, <laughs> I want to see that in a House of Blues uh, marquee. Yeah, yeah. Undumskolen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just be. It would just be worth it just to go on that tour and take a picture every night of the misspellings. Oh, sure. You know, just make a make a Facebook of that. Um, all right, let's take another music break, and then I'm going to go through uh, a lightning last round of rules of the road questions for you. Okay. Um, how, how, how do you do the uh, music breaks? Who who programs? Can you play Start Today by the Girl Biscuits? We could do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> my question was going to be, give me the bands that you're listening to like right now that's like your... Like, Always Gorilla Biscuits. Okay, I mean, so that, Gorilla Biscuits sure. got it right. Because that is uh, your favorite band, isn't it? Uh, they're up there. They're up there? Yeah. I mean, Gorilla Biscuits, top five is, well, no. My favorite band of all time is actually Edie Perkel and the New Bohemians. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're in my space. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that goes is, back to the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know why or, but. I don't even know what happened to her. Yeah. yeah who knows? I mean, she still puts out, I don't know. Anyway, on that one. Yeah. Edie Perkel, um, uh, Edie Perkel, Ryan and Maria. Girl Biscuits, H2O, Counting Crows, R.E.M., Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Violent Femmes. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I just You name. remember that better than most of the other stuff. Oh, sure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Weaker Than slash Propagandi, early Propagandi, Weaker Thans. Um So give me the two bands that, that you're Gorilla Biscuits. Gorilla Biscuits and... And give me another band with another song that you, like, it's your, like, you really listen, you just love listening. Every day you get up and you're just like, this is my song. It gets me going. Something off of... Uh, battery uh until until the end record Time is free and you know where to be found Next time I try 
R- roads uh, <laughs> rules the road. Um, this comes from your experience from whatever that you were doing on the road as a lifer, and and just. For the listeners, you may actually, the name John Cheese is kind of like, whoa, what's that name? It's because he's in the uh, 30 Seconds to Mars issue that's been on stands issue 260, and he's in our Lifer column, now your Lifer column, and he's got a full <laughs> yep. page in there with the, uh, with the naked cowboy. With the naked cowboy, how ridiculous York City. is that? That's a, it was a great shot. It was <laughs> yeah. a really, really nice shot. Um, so definitely use that to kind of buttress this whole thing up. Um, Who is John Cheese? <laughs> that's a question I ask myself. So... Here we go. Um, <clears throat> make this kind of lightning, lightning-ish. Okay. What do you have? All right. So I'm, a, I'm. Let's say I'm a, I'm a, I'm in a brand new band, or I'm a friendager, or a tour manager, friendager. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I got to know about border crossings? <laughs> uh, have everything prepared for beforehand. Like, have all your stuff beforehand. Uh, make sure your agent. Got you your man. Have your manifest. Know where all your T-shirts are printed. Have uh, the uh, serial numbers for your gear. Like everything. Know mm-hmm. everything before you get there. And anything to do with the attitude of the border crossing? I mean, yeah. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like don't don't pee in bottles, Aaron Flora, before you <laughs> as you're at the border cross at the border crossing. You've gone through this, I take it. Yeah, just uh, a couple days ago. <laughs> Sorry to shout you out there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, come on, common sense. You're at a border crossing. You're entering a new country. You're not at McDonald's ordering. You know, you're not at Taco Bell ordering <laughs> food. You know what I mean? Like, come on, get it together. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um. What do I gotta know? Uh, rules for dealing with groupies. Ugh. Uh, that's from band to band. I mean, there's some bands that have girlfriends and are there's 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 three different kinds of dudes in bands. I think there's uh, there's you know uh, Motley Crue esque crazy 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 Escape dude. the fate Escape yeah. the fate sure exactly. There's those kind of dudes. There's there's the dudes like with girlfriends or wives that whatever happens on the road stays on the road. And, Got it. You know they're dudes with families. Every day is and, Vegas. Yeah. Sure. And then there's sincere dudes who are good dudes who, if you have something at home, you have something at home. And and those are the three types of dudes that, and girls the same way. You know, there's there's. I was just going to ask you, what about the girls? I mean, you come on. I mean, there's. I will not talk about that, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, there's there's tons of you know there's tons of girls that tour and are in bands or work. And it's the same thing. I don't know. I'm not a girl, but I know it's probably a lot harder for them. There's there's rad girls that tour. You know, Eileen who does merch for, um, I don't know everybody, and Beth who's Motion City's merch girl, and and uh, what's the uh, blah, 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 blah. she's married to the guy from Against Me. Uh, uh, oh, Tom Gable's uh, yeah wife. wife who's awesome like there's there's rad chicks out there the chick from murder by death is rad and like there's rad girls out there but i i'm sure there's a there's a couple girls who who live by the same principles you know right but i, I don't really know okay <laughs> um i asked dakota this uh rules of the road what do you do if you're in the crew or, or basically if you're the tour manager i think it's probably more mm-hmm. responsibility on it if a band argument lasts more than 24 hours mm-hmm. and it's gotten to the point where people Ooh, are digging in that's a good one um, 
it's that's a tough one as a tour manager because do you step in or you know do you do you try to help calm the situation or do you hey this is your band you do whatever you got to do you know i i probably step in because i got a big old mouth and i talk more <laughs> than i should uh so i i definitely i usually step in and uh and try to help calm the situation depending on the band and who's involved hmm. yeah um I don't know if I answered the question. But no, 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 you did. You did. Right. Uh, what about um, dealing with promoters that are <sighs> going to stiff you? Yeah, I've I've had quite a couple, you know. Can you tell when you get there? Oh, sure. Like as soon as you start There's loading in? promoters who don't know what they're doing. There's ridiculous, like I, I got run out of a club in, in the Cobalt Cafe. And I talked about this in this, but okay. it didn't get, uh, but uh <laughs> You know, they, sure. I know space. I hate yeah, space. Yeah. I can't. Well, I mean, yeah, I wish course. they could run the whole damn thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Sure. I totally. So can. now you can talk about it. Okay. Cobalt Cafe, shitty, shittiest venue, uh, <laughs> somewhere in California. I forget where. Like these, like Nazi skinhead dudes were like running the place. They booked like five local bands and the tour the same night. There was like four. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, and it wasn't the tour wasn't even together. It was like, it was like, um, touring band, touring band. Uh, uh, three locals, touring band, another local, touring. It was just so it was horrible, and um, we didn't know going in. Granted, it was like a small show. I'm sure this stuff happens, but didn't pay us our guarantee, and we're like, if you guys don't leave, you're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna, like, you're gonna get your ass kicked if you don't leave. It's like, I mean, I I can take care of myself. I've sure, but. You know, I also know my limits, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with some crazy like Nazi skinhead giant just got out of prison dudes like you know, um, and they that was the only time that I didn't get my guarantee ever that I didn't get the guarantee that I was I've I've had a couple kids that you know try to screw you on back ends and all this stuff and what's the what what is <coughs> what's the usual trick? Just be on be on your game and know what you're doing. Like well, no, I mean, but like. Like I know, like with large promoters, yeah, they used to do the double insurance thing, mm-hmm. where they would double up the insurance uh, stuff in there. They'd sure. have theirs, Receipts. and then yeah, and then the, the venue that they owned, and then they would be doubling it. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So what's the usual scam that for like independent promoters? Well, they, they just look. You got to keep an eye out for it. You got to look at your expense sheet at the end of the night when you're when you're when you're uh, when you're settling the show. Like you have your guarantee, and if it's the back end, like you got to know how many kids are there, like. Do a head if if it's not a big show if it's not like a a crazy big show, you know if you're not nine thirty club or something like that if you're playing like if you're playing some v- grog shop in Cleveland a couple hundred great, people yeah great. yeah but Kathy yeah. would never mess with this she's no, awesome. no 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 Kathy of course is right incredible right. Um, but yeah a place like grog shop sure count the kids go around and count the kids there's what there's four hundred kids at the most you can count to four, you know <laughs> hopefully sure yeah <laughs> depending on how many drinks you've had or whatever <laughs> um <laughs> can't talk about dayton ohio <laughs> okay or uh i got a couple of those that i <laughs> you just don't that yeah um <laughs> where the where the band <laughs> where the no. what come on where the what Dayton, Ohio. I forget the <laughs> venue. Uh, just the the promoter was like, kicked me out because I was just annihilated. <laughs> okay, all right. You know, right? And the right. band was like, just sit in the van. We'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, like, right. all right, man. 
<laughs> yeah, this is our brother Larry. <laughs> yeah, he gets a little. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's my my alter ego, my other alter ego. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of those. <laughs> um, so do a head count. <laughs> do, do a head count. count. Yeah, like. Like, uh, uh, count the kids that are there and look at your expense sheet at the end of the night. Know what you're paying for, you know? You don't need to pay $200 for one security guy that's not doing anything, you know? So is it is it normal to get into that debate about that sort of thing? It should be, you know? Look at your ad packs. So, you know, I mean, you don't need to sit there with a ruler and, and measure how... But, you know, look ask for your ad... An ad pack is the advertising that they... Uh, a venue... Um, the advertising in the local papers or whatever it is, and uh, so if they come back to you with a you know six inch by yeah eight they, inch flyer, then yeah, it didn't cost you know whatever you know? right. So so you know 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 your expenses going in and make sure that your expenses for the show are what they are on your settlement sheet, and um and then you know because the back end is 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 it's usually you know whatever it is it's it's yours and if you can. Make the expenses lower. Make the expenses lower. Do you have any philosophy? Um, I haven't tour managed in like two years, but okay, I miss well, it a lot. It's part of your blood. Yeah, it's part of your blood. Yeah, I mean, totally. and, and I'm sure sitting behind the merch booth, you're probably looking at tour managers for other bands, and you're going, they're doing it. <laughs> Not on this tour. Everybody's Not on this tour. On this, this tour pro. is perfect, of course, right? But, right, 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 yes, I have so, done that. But... Um, what the hell was my point? My point was, um, you see, I, see I, now, I, now, now it's, it's starting to, just the osmosis here. is yep. starting to kick in, and now I'm just going to skip that question. What do you do if one of your musicians <laughs> get caught up with the law? I've never experienced that. Uh, well, that's not true. Uh, you haven't had to go to the jail and bail him out? I've never had to bail anybody what about the other? Side? What about the other side of it? Uh, one of them gets hurt. Um, hmm. And they don't have insurance. That's so yeah. always a fun one. Yeah. Somebody wanted to pay for my insurance. I haven't had health insurance in 10 years, which is wow. scary. Um, just take care of it. You know, take care of things as they come up. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I, uh, um, I just remembered uh, a Limbeck story where we played this thing called Wakarusa. And um, <laughs> Justin, bass player, was didn't have his glasses on or something like that was on acid uh <laughs> riding on a golf cart <laughs> in like this festival and at the same time um our singer's cousin was fighting a security guy uh this is a couple of years ago and uh i just had to you know you just have to take care of whatever you get thrown thrown at you we got kicked out of the we got kicked out of the festival that night <laughs> they're like you have to leave now <laughs> all right Guys, we gotta go. Come on! Wow, Limbeck. Oh, the Rangers. Not, not in a bad. Never would have thought. Listen to the music. They don't yeah. sound like Rangers. But wow, the the bear, <laughs> J Justin, the bass player, was known as the bear because he just he had a couple different personalities and and when he would drink, he would either become the bear, who was just this <laughs> crazy dude, or he'd be the aggravator, and you don't want the aggravator. The aggravator who's just gets so mad. For nothing, and then there was also um, what was the girl's name? There was a girl's name where he'd become this overtly sexual, homosexual dude. <laughs> He's a great guy, but <laughs> anyway. So I, just, um, I go off on these tangents. No, no, the tangents talk. are actually the best parts. Those okay. are the fun. Part. That's fun stuff. Good. Uh, you were talking about Limbeck being thrifty. Yes. So what's the? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, getting online and going through the hotels. Nope, kids' floors. Kids' floors. Yeah. 
for I think the last tour was the only tour. I toured with them for five years. I think we, the last tour was the only tour where we got hotels. Everything else was kids' floors or sleeping in the van. Or, so that's or one of the camping. ways you stay thrifty on the road. Yeah, I mean, it's $50, $60 a night for a hotel room or whatever. Save money. $5 per diems. Um, they never did the, the veggie oil, which I, I yeah, think yeah. all bands should do. I mean, it's, uh, there's, it, it's tough because you need some kind of mechanic or whatever. But if you're running on veggie oil, you save thousands, literally thousands of dollars on gas. Uh, get a diesel van, convert it to run on veggie oil. Do a little research, you know. Right. There's this guy named uh, Grease Not Gas. It's right. run out of Portland. Um, Piebald is, you know, huge advocates of it. And you save thousands of dollars in touring. That's thousands of dollars you can spend on. And you got to go to like to restaurant to restaurant to restaurant. Or yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a little. See, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's not as easy as going to the gas station. Yeah. There's there's. It's a little bit harder, you know. You gotta, you gotta find the places, and you gotta, but it's worth it, you know. And it's fun. <laughs> I, I think so. I like how you threw that in there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta negotiate with restaurant owners on the way to the venue. Yeah. It's no, fun. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like usually restaurants have to pay to uh, have their oil taken away. They're they're like used grease. Mm. They have to pay somebody to take it away. So if you go up and you're like, hey, can we have all your grease? And they're like, yeah, totally. Please take it. So. Anyway, anyway, that's merch rules of the road. Working with like somebody like Limbeck versus doing somebody like Hello Goodbye, yeah, two totally different sure. customers. So, is there a way that you lay that table out differently, or that you present differently, or you? Well, I gotcha. Uh, let me first start off by saying I love the kids. Got it. I love the kids. Uh, if it wasn't for the kids, none none of this right. would happen. Right. And kids are so stoked. You know, I mean, it's how many times have have their kids been come up to you and be like, this is my first show or my first concert or whatever. And the kids are awesome. I love dealing with them. I think I should be a camp counselor or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, not in a creepy way, just like how they get so stoked on things. And, and, uh, uh, but as far as merch goes, um, yeah, uh, hello goodbye. Like to have this super elaborate setup. And I don't do it for them. <laughs> they, they get bummed on me. They're like, dude, you need to like set it up this way. And I'm like, just play your guitar and I'll <laughs> deal with this, which is not what should happen. I should listen to them and do, but they love me, so it's okay. Um, yeah, uh, it's not different from band to band. Every band, okay. just have your, have your gaff tape. Have your racks. Have a rack uh, you know, to hang your shirts on. We don't have one. I wish we did. Um, <laughs> they're like, why do you hate us? I was like, I don't hate you at all. I love your band. I do. I love their band. Um, but they're always like, you give it such shit all the time. <laughs> anyway. Because you don't have a rack. They don't have a rack. You can stop at a Walmart and get a rack. Yeah. <laughs> Home Depot. But anyway. Um, anyway. What, what is, uh, for anybody that's maybe sitting here in, the, in some bands are like trying to figure out like what kind of, what's like, you know, they go through cycles with a kind of... Um, uh, the the clo- clothing um, the, mm. the the product mix sure. like what's the shirts right now or the that that are in the American style? American Apparel people love the American Apparel the like uh, tri blend super 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 soft it looks like uh, you know you've had it for twenty years even though it's a new shirt people love those shirts um, I don't personally just give me a regular old beefy fruit of the loom <laughs> that's good to go but uh but they love those American Apparel kids love it they eat it up. Um, they cost more, which is 
tough. But uh, do you, you see know. t-shirt prices coming down at all? No, no. Uh, we probably go. Yeah, I. You mean you mean for the kids to buy or yeah, or, for the kids or to cost? buy. No, oh, no, no, oh, for the cost, oh, but oh. for the kids to buy. Uh, no. Um, it depends on what level band you're at, and right. if you're a band. Huge, 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 and any touring person or merch or tour manager, or whatever, well, any merch person will back this up. If you're a new band, don't roll your T-shirts individually. It's such a, it's so lame, and it's it screams, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. And for and can I also say this? Please stop wearing your laminates if you're not on tour. <laughs> Because people that do that are, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, what are you doing? Don't take off that laminate, dude. So, like, there you go. Sorry, no, no, that's co- totally cool. Totally Not cool. sorry. No, that's it's good. It's good. So, uh, um, posters are still useful. Yeah, for sale. Totally. Buttons are still good. All that crap. Anything not. You, you shouldn't no. produce no. anymore. No. Okay. No. All that stuff. Lighters, belt buckles. Do it all. Newfound Glory have a, a Rubik's Cube on tour right now like that they sell with like different Newfound Glory things. How how much money can somebody expect to make on the road? Oh, I mean, if you're Bon Jovi. But I mean, me being a, you know, I mean, like you, you wrote on your MySpace like under 30000 a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you talking about bands or... or crew. A crew. Well, for crew, it's different. Like, I... It's insane. There's people that have been touring for like a year and they make like $1,500 a week. I've never done that. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I mean, if you want to hire me for that, great. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, I don't know. There's some new people that tour that make crazy money and get on like crazy tours and make tons of money. I don't know how to do it. I'm, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, uh, I don't make that much. <laughs> I wish I did. I mean, I don't try to undercut myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's it, you know. Because it's not, but it probably, it all ties into that's not why I do this. Right, right, exactly. You know, exactly. I don't tour for, I'm not going to tour for free anymore. <laughs> I'm past that. <laughs> right, yeah, I kind of got that. <laughs> Obviously. Right. But, uh, but, I, but at the same time, I don't, I don't tour money do you um do you think that you're in competition with younger tour managers are coming in and they will work for free and um so now you're kind of being undercut by a new generation yeah yeah well it depends on bands i mean you have the experience yeah obviously but yeah i definitely there's but there's there's those managers like oh it's all about the budget yeah of course yeah uh yeah, I think I think uh you know, I won't get a tour because somebody'll do it cheaper or whatever. Um that happens. That definitely happens. Mm. Uh, I don't it actually doesn't happen as much with me because <laughs> I'm selling myself so short right now, but <laughs> whatever, I don't care. I could care less. Um <laughs> but there's definitely dudes that I know that that are like Double, you know, doing double duty and stuff for right f- for way less than their their rate, um, mm-hmm. uh, because you know bands are like we can get it for cheaper, 
right? Okay. It is kind of a buyer's market right now. Yeah. Everybody's just looking for a gig. There's a lot of people like right now that I uh, that are trying to get regular gigs for Warp Tour. Yeah. And they can't this year. So it's a it's definitely a different situation out there. Yeah, I'm I'm very lucky as far as Warp Tour goes because people ask all the time, "How do I get a job on Warp Tour?" Uh, I don't know, man. Couple. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Couple last questions. Um, uh, the time that you almost died on the road. Uh, the when we did the when we spun out and. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that story, oh, but, oh, but, but oh, like oh, the time. <laughs> yeah, but like you know. Yeah, I just got shit hammered in Texas. Day off on Warp Tour. Went to go see the Casualties. It was July fourth, um, in Austin, Texas, and I just, I just drank until oblivion. Drinking and drinking and drinking, and supposedly I don't remember, but I was told. Uh, <laughs> went to go see Andrew WK, and then down the street the Casualties were playing. I kind of know those dudes, so I went uh, from side one. And I went, I was like, I'll go see the Casualties, and drinks, drinks, drinks. I was playing drums while they were playing, like on their kit <laughs> while while they were playing stage diving. I had a huge black eye at the end of the next day from the show. Um, got on the mic and was like, I'm the best goddamn tour manager this band has ever had. Never tour managed them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a mess. Just a mess. Uh, I, I bit the the Briggs were there. You know, the band the Briggs, they were there. I bit the, the Poos. I don't even know what he does, but I bit his cheek and he was like bleeding. <laughs> just rage. I just became this animal raging. <laughs> this, is, this is the hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And then I don't know how I got back to the hotel, but I got back to the hotel and was banging on the door to let me in of my room, just banging on the door because I, I, somebody, I don't forget who I was sharing a room with, but I was banging on the door. Turns out it wasn't my room. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they found me. Some some hotel person found me and I was unresponsive in the hallway. <laughs> Just passed the fuck out. And they called an ambulance and stretcher. Oh I woke up in a hospital with IV and heart monitors on. Uh, like IV. Did you have your ID on you at least? No, no. That's that's the, that's. I can't believe I forgot about that. I lost my phone. I had a black eye. I lost my wallet. I had no identification on me, but I had a John Cheese sticker. <laughs> so they're in the lobby, being like, for people coming, like they took me on the ambulance away, and they had the sticker at the front desk, and they were holding the I know John Cheese sticker, and being like, do you, do you know people like, like touring people that were coming in? Do you know this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. There is a cult about you. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how strong it is still, but ooh. I have no clue. I have no clue. A guy just, made his shirts out of California. This right? guy Luciano, this Limbeck fan, he's got all these crazy format and steel train and Limbeck and and Motion City soundtrack tattoos, and uh, he was just this kid that that uh, was like huge fan and he was like you need to have your own shirt and your own thing and I was like that's a great idea. <laughs> I thought I was going to at the time I was like I'm going to start this clothing thing and like I was trying to build up my name for I don't even know what, you know, just to I'm going to become this like celebrity merch dude or whatever. Um <laughs> t-shirts cost way too much for me to like cuz I was just giving out so many. All so right. anyway, I I I made these shirts and and stickers and I had hats and all this shit and and uh but it just cost so much money and I was giving away everything and uh so I stopped making but Side one is making John John Chi shirts, which is awesome. So if you want to get them, I don't know they're they're not available yet, but maybe by the time maybe up on their website, yeah, yeah, they're not they're they're made, but I don't think they're 
because Johnny B, the guy that works at Side One, is gonna like put a link up and a whole thing and make like these. He wants he's helping me out. He's great. So, so wow, you can get John T-shirts. Go to Side One Dummy records.com or whatever the hell it is. I don't <laughs> if they ever find you passed out unresponsive with no yeah. ID on you in the middle of a <laughs> hotel in Austin, <laughs> Texas. No health insurance. $2,700 later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Dude, I, I, you know, talk about, I, I, I can party. I can party. So let's leave this on a uh, let's let's leave this on a posy note. Yeah, it's gotta um, stay positive. Yeah, definitely. Hold steady, um, Gorilla Biscuit style. Exactly, exactly. So you, you know, I've <laughs> talked about this with a lot of bands where you like they they start touring and then after like the third tour, yeah, especially worldwide, they come back and their friends back home can't really relate to them anymore. They oh, can't relate yeah. to their friends because they're just their life experience is just they've already grown ten years. Uh-huh. You know, even though they've only aged two. Yeah, you know. Um, but when they're out on the road, they experience so many things. They go through this the party and the craziness and all the other stuff like that. But they also go through those moments where they get changed by something that happened or event or something they saw as they were traveling or anything. And did you ever have that kind of a moment out there all these years now that you've been out of the corporate world and, you know, just wanting to be a pro kid, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and like something that just kind of changed you as a person in a positive way? Maybe it was even just moment watching a band up on a stage that I still get that. Really, still I get still the butterfly kind of thing going on. Still get it. Yeah, it doesn't happen as much, um, but I love. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've. I've. Uh, I mean, I'm on tour with Saves the Day right now. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like I, I mean, mean, come on, yeah. I grew up in Jersey. Like, <clears throat> Saves the Day. You know, it's awesome. I can't tell you how many times I'm the. F- well, it hasn't happened that much, but I've. I'm the first kid pressed up against the barricade on this tour. You know, watching Saves the Day, singing along to every, you know, you know, it's awesome for Newfound too. I mean, I wasn't a big Newfound fan growing up, but uh, I definitely like them now. I remember seeing them years ago. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a kid at the shows, mm. um, and uh, that's it. What uh, butterflies? What, what, what did you? Ask well, me? you know, like when you see, <laughs> like when those special, the special moments. That come, you know, that you see something happen magical on a stage or yeah. a performance, and yeah, you definitely, know what I mean, definitely. Like when you're on stage, or if you're standing on the side of the stage and you're watching, watching the kids react to, right? You know, they get so stoked, and it's just an escape from life. My life is is an escape from life. <laughs> there you go. There's your quote. That is a great quote. That really is a good quote. Yeah. You um, should put that on the shirts. <laughs> my life is an escape from life. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's just, it's about being positive and being stoked. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's dead on. I mean, that's, 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 that's it, you know? Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank uh, you. Uh, I had no clue what to expect, but this was awesome. Good. That's yeah. awesome. Let's get you back here again and uh, when you get some more war stories underneath you. Sure. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. See you. AP podcasts are recorded at Lava Room Recording Studio in Cleveland, Ohio a New York City quality studio at Cleveland Prices. Check out www.lavaroomrecording.com. For more information on Alternative Press Magazine, go to www.altpress.com. The podcast engineer is John Walsh. Post-production assistance from Robert Tenzi. I'm Mike Shea, and this is all my fault. You can reach me directly at www.myspace.com slash Mike Shea AP. That's S-H-E-A like the stadium, AP. 